How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into today's subject. And um, one of the benefits to um, playing games sometimes online is that uh, you'll be introduced to people that have differing perspectives on multiple different subjects. And I just happen to be in a group of people that tend to lean uh, heavily conservative. Um, I could tell just based off their talking points, but one that I I actually enjoy conversation wise having with conservative individuals is the topic of immigration. Um, This topic really doesn't affect me personally, um, but it definitely affects my family. So essentially uh, I'm first generation American. I was born in the States. Um, I've been privileged to have a a mother that's from the country of Colombia. So I have double nationality, but I lived a majority of my life in the United States until I was actually older in my mid twenties. And I chose to live in Colombia for a couple of years and then came back to the States out in Colombia. I uh, met my, who now is my wife, but my girlfriend at the time, uh, we came back to the States and, uh, ultimately I married her here in the U S and, I could tell you just to, um, just as a uh, kind of to give you an understanding before I get into like the whole subject of immigration. Actually, prior to like this whole ordeal of actually dealing with legal immigration, uh, what I'm about to talk about with my thoughts on immigration and kind of how to deal with it and and rectify it and everything of that nature, uh, I've always had that perspective even before the situation. But I will tell you that even doing it legally the way that we did it essentially was the biggest headache. And I consider myself competent. I consider my wife competent. I feel like both of us were competent enough to fill out the tremendous amount of paperwork that the government asked of us, but definitely understandable. You know, it shouldn't be easy to become an American, but it also shouldn't be really this stupid when it comes to the legal way of doing it. Right. My, my, uh, Girlfriend married me and she was entitled to getting a green card, not necessarily citizenship, but a green card. And and uh, green cards are conditional when you get married. So there's a two-year probationary period to see if the marriage is going to work out. And then if it does, you can extend the green card to a traditional green card, which will last 10 years. But the application process, not only is it costly, I think it cost us just for the application alone, it was like 1500 bucks. Which, if you talk about the average typical person, they probably most people don't even have five hundred dollars to throw at something, let alone fifteen hundred. But the price didn't affect us. What affected us more was the the antiquated systems when it comes to legal immigration. And so, uh, since we married here in the states, my wife didn't have to leave; she was allowed to stay, and she was given a uh, conditional exception to her um, visa because she was only allowed to stay in the States for so long on the visa that she had as a Colombian. But they extended that during the duration of her application process. So as long as her application was in by the time, by before her visa, she was completely legal. And which we did, we submitted all the paperwork. And at first everything seemed all right. Uh, You know, they asked for a lot of supporting evidence. We sent in photos, we sent in uh, paperwork, we sent in, tons and tons of information essentially to support the fact that we were married. Like it was a legitimate marriage because it is a felony to marry someone and, um, you know, only marry them to become a citizen. That's against the law. 
So we sent in supporting evidence. At the time, I was I was dating uh, my wife for two years. So we had a ton of photos of us going on different trips together and, and doing different things in Colombia together. And so we were very confident in that aspect. And we had like a couple bank accounts in our names. We had utilities in our names. We just had a lot of different things that, of supporting evidence. And so we sent, sent all this information in um, and... We were waiting and we waited, waited, waited. Uh, my wife got called in for a first visit just to get her fingerprints taken, essentially her biometrics, because they, they want her fingerprint information. Um, just in case if ever in the future, if someone were to become a criminal and they do something, their fingerprints are registered in a database, right? And so uh, she got her biometrics. That was the first thing that got taken. Essentially, they took photos of her and they took her fingerprints and then we waited, 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 and eventually we uh, there was like an online platform that we could go to. Uh, it didn't give us any information. All it gave us was kind of where our application process was at. And for some reason online on the website, it said that there was an issue with our application and that we would be getting a uh, correspondence in the mail telling us exactly what we were missing. Well, those correspondents never arrived. And every time I called the immigration office, excuse me, it's not called the immigration office, it's called the USCIS, the U.S. Customs and Immigration Services. Um, I would contact them as an American. I'm an American calling them, asking about my wife's status of her application and what we're missing. And every single time I got on the phone with them, they were not allowed to tell me what was missing in the paperwork. It didn't make any sense to me. I could call anywhere outside of this place and ask about any questions about like medical history. I mean, I've never been in a position where I couldn't call someone to get an answer about something, but I could not call USCIS to get an answer. They would not be able to give me details uh, and not even the branch because your information gets sent from whatever state you're in, your local USCIS office in the state that you're in. And it gets sent to a differing state. I think ours got sent to Chicago where they process all the paperwork. And I even tried calling them, no response. Months and months and months go by, and we're still not getting any correspondence. We keep asking them to resend a letter. They keep claiming that they resend the letter. They don't. After like three months, we got another letter sent to us that said essentially like because they didn't get the paperwork that they needed, our application was null and void, and that we would have to submit a new one and start the process all over again and spend another 1500 bucks. Mind you, this entire time, this is not only stressful for me, but it's actually more stressful for my wife because uh, if anything happens, she's considered illegal if the process, if the application didn't get approved. And uh, if you get like, if you overstay your visa, you're technically not allowed to come back to the US for a long period of time, like 10 years. 10 years is a long time. And so she was constantly stressed out about like this whole process. She wanted to start working. She couldn't work because she didn't have a social. Um, and like we're going through this entire process and we're doing everything legitimately. Finally, it was such a headache that I was like, screw this. I'm through with this. And I went and found the best immigration attorney in Las Vegas. I This per- attorney was so good that they didn't have to send any new additional paperwork. They just contacted the government. They like they've been doing this for so long. They contacted them, get uh, got exactly all the information they needed, 
And my wife got her green card literally from the month that we got our attorney. At the end of that same month, my wife got her green card, her conditional green card in the mail. But I had to spend an additional $2,000 on an attorney. Um, so the total cost was $3,500, which is not is a lot of money for for going through something like this, right? But I justified it. I was like, I'm I'm not going to pay another $1,500 for an application. I'd rather pay that to an attorney that's going to get this and fix it. And yeah, it took all the burden off of us. Every future correspondence now goes through our attorney. It's just super simple. Um, and uh, I, I thank my attorney tremendously. His name is Darren Brown. Awesome. Look for him if you live out here in Las Vegas and you need an immigration attorney. That was our headache going through the legal process, right? And people ask, like, why do people go illegally? Look, I she married an American, and that's how difficult it was for us. And, like, the only other means to legally come into this country is to come in as a refuge. And you can clearly tell what's going on with refugees as they're coming into this country. They're, it's, like, the conditions are just ass backwards, right? There's no investment into this infrastructure whatsoever, and so my thoughts, because uh, again, I was, this conversation comes from talking to a couple people that were like anti-immigration and, and they thought like everything was just kind of ass backwards and it was going to get worse. And I, I asked them, I was like, how do you guys think like you could fix immigration, for instance? Like, what do you think is a solution, right? Like our previous president thought building a wall was going to fix the issue. Clearly that didn't stop anything. Even if you were to build an entire wall, even if you were able to put drones along the route, there were, which, these people are creative. They're going to figure out ways to get here, right? Drugs come into this country, and we know where they come from. They come from a lot of different regions. They come from, like, the Middle East, if you're talking about heroin. If you're talking about, like, actual, like, marijuana and cocaine that's coming from different parts of South America and Central America. And they all find their ways here, right? And DEA... Border Patrol, all of them are working hard to stop all this, but it doesn't work. So these people are able to navigate and get past a lot of systems that we put in place to stop them. You're not going to be able to perfect a system of stopping uh, illegal immigrants. You just can't, right? And so these people defaulted on, and I asked them, I was like, what is your frustration with immigration? And they were like, well, uh, and this is a common trope that I hear all the time, is that immigrants are taking all the jobs. And I, I was telling them, I was like, well, honestly, if you really think about it, uh, immigrants aren't taking all the jobs. Uh, what's really taking all our jobs is robots. And you could look at the statistics and it's a trajectory of ro- jobs being taken by robots. They're eliminating job positions, not only for just immigrants, but for an American as well. Just look at Amazon, for instance. Jeff Bezos is the richest guy in the world, and he has been for the last three years, four years. Um, and it's because a majority of his workforce is robots. That's how you're able to get all your shipments as quickly as possible. You know, all your manufacturing jobs are pretty much robots as well. Like essentially farm work is going to get automated as well. There's a lot of companies investing into automating farm work. There's not going to be much work for someone that to get paid under the table. Yeah. They can work for a mom and pop business, but that mom and pop business is already struggling trying to compete against some of these big companies and these illegal immigrants are are working cash jobs because that's all they can do and and that was that leads into the next point that these people brought up as well is that these people don't pay taxes and i was like well how would you want them to pay for taxes if 
they can only work jobs where they're getting paid cash. And if they were to pay taxes, they're probably going to be afraid of their immigration status as well. And so we're literally justifying these people to be in our country illegally. And they were like, yeah. But, and I was like, you know, but how would you solve it? Like, how would you go out and find these illegal immigrants, right? Like, where would you go door knocking every single... Would you be happy about Border Patrol coming to your house and knocking on your door and asking if you're, um, you know, harboring any illegal immigrants? And they were like, no, that's like evasion of our privacy. And I wouldn't allow someone to come on my property like that. It's like, well, how do you expect these people to find all these illegal immigrants? There's like 3.5, I think it's reported like 3.5 to 7 million illegal immigrants in the U.S. alone. It's like, how do you find that many people? That's literally the population of some of the largest states out there. And they were like, well, we don't know, but it's something needs to be done. I was like, well, here's my solution. Here's something that I think uh, should be done. Why not accelerate the legalization of these immigrants into the country, right? Why not say, okay, every illegal immigrant in the country right now, you're, you have 90 days. You have 90 days to go to your local USCIS office, get your biometrics done, get your fingerprints done, get your photo taken. And after 90 days, if you pass a multitude of Homeland Security background checks, all the background checks that they did on my wife, they, did, they didn't just say like, oh, she's the wife of an American, let's let her in. No, they did extensive research on her and her parents and her siblings and her friends to make sure that she wasn't a terrorist, a prostitute, you know, you name it. Um, there's like 40 different reasons why they would deny you just on career, like what you did in the past or like what you plan on doing. Um, and so if you passed all that, right, you got your biometric and you pass everything, you get your, you get your social security number, boom, you get a green card right there and then. And then after the same process, after two years, if you haven't committed any, uh, you know, crimes, now we have them fingerprinted. Now we have them photos taken. And then we tell them, look, after two years, if you haven't committed any crimes, uh, you haven't gone through any jail systems, your fingerprints haven't been taken for like any crimes committed, then you can go through the same process of applying for a citizenship at that point and then go through everything and we'll waive the fee. But in return, you pay your taxes now. Like all these people now have to pay taxes. And let me tell you, the IRS, they'll find you, right? They'll find anyone that's not paying their money and they'll find them easily. The celebrities, the crooks, Al Capone, all these different people are going to be caught by the IRS. The IRS, I think, catches more people, more drug uh, dealers and people that deal drugs than uh, the DEA does. I'm pretty sure there's a statistic out there that shows that the IRS has caught more criminals like in the drug area than, than the DEA. And why is that? It's because Uncle Sam wants his money. <laughs> and Uncle Sam, if you have a social security number, you're not evading paying taxes, right? So if these people are registered and they have a social security number, now they're in a system and now the IRS can track these people and be like, look, there's absolutely no way you went an entire year not making any money, right? I don't see you like collecting on any social programs. And that was another thing too with my wife. She is not allowed to collect on any federal programs for three years. I, as an American, had to sign a paperwork stating that if she lost her job, something happened, I would financially be responsible for anything that would qualify her for a um, like a social program, essentially, for three years. Give it the same system to immigrants as well. Say, 
look, you get your green card, but if you collect on a federal, you know, a federal program after that, I'm sorry, but we're going to deny your citizenship. You know, you can continue your green card, but once that's done, you're going back. Sadly, sorry. And, and I promise you, not only are we going to generate more wealth for this country because now we're collecting on tax money, but we're going to be able to, to mitigate all of this illegal immigration already. And it's just going to be beneficial for everyone, right? If anyone wants to come in and they want to, and, uh, and then at that point, you kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Incentivize people to kind of report illegal immigrants as well, because essentially like when you report them, they're not going to get booted. It's like, okay, look, you have to go to USCIS. You have 90 days. If you don't go, you choose out of your own choice not to go. We know where you're at and we're going to find you and we're going to boot you out. Right? So no one's going to harbor illegal immigrants and it's just going to be a win, win, win for everyone. Right? It's going to be a win for the taxpayers because we're going to generate more wealth probably help us not have to pay as much in taxes. Someone could probably spin it in a way like, look, all these, now we have 7 million new taxpayers are going to be paying taxes. Boom. Let's just go ahead and just like knock the tax rate for, for middle-class or low-class individuals, not low-class, but like um, low-income earners. Um, You know, let's, let's knock it down a peg for them because now we have more tax money coming. And if these people collect on the social program, look, they're done. Essentially, that's it. They're, um, you know, we send them back to their country once their green card expires. And then when I like gave them this solution, they were like, uh, we're not entirely sure. And I was like, well, look, if you have a problem with that, then it's not the immigration that you have a problem with. Right. Because I gave you a solution. I think it's a, I think it's a fair solution. I think there's a lot of supporting evidence that shows that if you have a social security number, you're not going to get away from paying taxes and everything of that nature. And so what is it? Probably more so the fact that you're probably just, you know, I hate to use this term, but like there's some bit of you that just is not used to change culturally or having people of different color or nationality come into your country. And I mean, to me, that's some level of racism, but I didn't want to call them racist. But you know, I wanted to say like, you're probably not comfortable with change, but there's nothing you could do to stop that because with the internet and everything the way it is now, cultural change is going to come to this country one way or the other. You could essentially block all future people from coming to America, but everyone that's already here is going to have some desire of, of things from uh, around the world, and people are going to enjoy the art and music and whatever from other locations as well. And that's all it takes to kind of start to change things in society. You don't need the people here. I mean, they're already here with the internet. Everyone's connected to everyone around the world. And so as I was like giving them this arguments, they you could just tell like they were just, they wanted to say something more to kind of get on the point. Like, but they knew that if they pushed it more, it would really show the hand that they probably, it wasn't the fact that immigration is a problem. It's probably more so like racism is a problem. Um, and look, I understand if you grew up in an area where you you were surrounded by white individuals your entire life, like I get that, you know, I can't fault people that grew up in a farm. This whole, this leads to cancel culture. Like I completely understand that that's nonsense. If you understand someone's background, you understand like essentially like this is their, this is the way they live their life a the majority of the time. I can't 
fault them. I can definitely fault them if they've been exposed to like their like what the wrongness and and believing the way that they do and after many years still continuing to believe that, you know, minorities there's there's something wrong with minorities and they're still racist, that's a problem. But if you haven't been exposed to um different cultures, like I can definitely understand like most people are afraid of change, like everyone's afraid of change. I rarely bump into people that really enjoy change. Like I enjoy it, but like my wife doesn't enjoy it. For instance, like I could definitely understand and empathize with a lot of people that just don't like change, but you can't do anything about that. (laughs) It's going to happen one way or the other. Even if you were to block off any person from coming to this country, we already have a millions and millions and millions of immigrants in this country. There's no way to stop it. And so you know, ultimately in the end, all you could do is like your only solution is either kick out all legal, legal and illegal immigrants and just have white people here or you kill them all. Either way, it's completely racist and it sounds completely wrong. And so if you're not for either one of those solutions, then, you know, you just have to accept changes happening. And so when I laid it out like that to them, it was like an hour and a half long discussion. Um, they were like, yeah, you know, we ultimately we can see where you're coming from. And, and you know, it, it definitely is difficult for us, but we don't want to come off as racist. I was like, you know, that's a common trope for most people that are racist. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, I totally understand. But at the same time, look, there's you have to figure out you can't just say you want all illegal immigrants out. It's just as silly as a stupid argument as like the liberals or the Democrats want to take everyone's guns away. No one's, no one's claiming that that would be logistical hell. And it couldn't even be done. There are three times the amount of guns per citizen. And so it logistically could never happen. It's the same thing with immigration. You cannot kick out every illegal immigrant. Logistically, it's impossible. We're already dealing with problems with like 10,000 or 30,000 children at the border. No, sorry. It's not even that many. It's like what? 10,000 children at the border. It's like, and that's the problem. Like, imagine trying to kick out 7 million people. It's stupid. Like, people are so dumb. But, you know, so I I, I think I gave a pretty good solution, but I would like to hear what you guys think. You know, or do you have a problem with uh, immigrants being given a social? Because I think, ultimately, if you put conditions on getting that social, it's going to be a benefit to all people, you know, to them, because now they don't have to be afraid about you know, having to just work cash, they can work at any job. And at the same time, um, they generate more wealth for the state, for the city, for the, for the country, which I think is just a win for everyone. But either way, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and I will catch you guys manana. Peace.